I never knew G2 was such big Dolly Parton fans. That's something I never thought I'd hear myself say. But there we go. So yeah, this series is called Nine to Five, and we're looking at questions of work, of rest, of how our everyday lives outside of church on a Sunday uh, glorifies God and uh, sees him known through how we live. Um, so we've gone for Nine to Five because we just love that song, and any excuse to get Dolly Parton in church is always a, a good thing. So panel, would you like to introduce yourselves? You just want to go along one by one. Just say your name, a bit about what you do at the moment. Um, yeah. Yep. So my name's Andy. Um, I'm head at one of the private schools in York. Been head there for 13 years. Um, I'm married to Leslie. She works full time as a school nurse, and I've got three girls aged uh, 14, 12, and 10. And I'm Liz, and I work at Starbucks, and I've worked for Starbucks for 11 years. And I'm a store manager in Leeds train station. Um, so if you're ever in there, come and say hi. And um, I've got um, a stepson who's 11, and I've got two little ones, Bobby and Cece, who are three and five. I'm sure some of you have probably seen them at some point um, running around causing chaos. Yeah. I'm Claire. Me and hubby and the family moved to York a year ago. Um, three children, um, two of which have diagnosed special needs. Um, I'm also, I work for a couple of charities in York. One is uh, York Carers. So that's looking, supporting, looking after people who are caring for someone um, that's dependent on them. Um, also work for Family Matters. I'm a facilitator on their, their parenting courses. Uh, hi, I'm Tara. I'm engaged to lovely Dave at the back. Um, I'm currently studying a horticulture course with the um, RHS which I haven't done a lot of, but I'm doing it anyway. Um, and in my spare time, I just do a lot of gardening, um, craft work, and yeah, that's me. Great. Um, that's cool. So we'll hear more from these guys as the evening goes on, of course. But uh, first question for you guys, what was your first job? Uh, so my first job was ski instructor. So my, I was brought up in Scotland. My parents ran a Christian uh, adventure center, so I started to ski when I was three and windsurf when I was five and uh, all those sorts of things. So yes, yeah, so ski instructor was my first paid job. Yeah, uh, my first job was um, I put medical records in the hospital. It was really, really boring. Um, but I didn't, tell, I didn't tell this in the other service, but like, it, was, it was my first experience of like, death as well because it was in a hospital and it wasn't great. So basically I was in a lift. I'll, I'll make it very short. I was in a lift and, um, and, and they have these triangle trolleys in, in like, hospitals where obviously like, they take like, the bodies when they die. Sorry. But, um, <laughs> and, then, and, um, and I always said, like, or I always just wondered, because I was obviously like, in the lifts that went down to the cellars, what's in these trolleys? Like, what's in them? Like, I had no idea. And I said, I said to the porter, I was like, what's in these trolleys? And he was like, oh, this, these, this, it's the corpse. And I was like, no, it isn't. You wouldn't have me stood in here if, if, if there was a corpse. They're like, no, it is. And then he just lifted it up, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. That, that guy got sacked as well. I felt really bad about it. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, there's no dead bodies in my story. Um, when I was 14, I had a Saturday job in an art shop, and it was 
a dream because I would paint in one hand and I'd spend it all in the other on paints and canvases and brushes and oh, it was just bliss. That's what I wish I had when I was that age. Um, so my first job was a Saturday girl in a hairdresser's. Um, but I ended up getting fired because I put the wrong solution on an elderly lady's hair and I was doing a perm and it went wrong, so I got fired. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's all coming out now, isn't it? This is great. <laughs> Confession time. Um, so coming back to the, the, what you guys currently do for, uh, for work and how you spend your time, uh, would you say you enjoy what you do and why do you enjoy or not enjoy what you do? I guess it depends, really, um, on what's going on. Most of the time, I love it. Um, some of the time, it's really hard, and I probably don't if you're dealing with tricky staffing issues or uh, you might get some tricky parents, you know, because obviously children are their most prized possessions, so they tend to lose the big picture when it's their child and are quite focused on, on, on the one thing. They're paying a lot of money to send their kids to the school. Um, so... Yeah, in a week's time, when the summer holidays start, I'll look back and say, I love my job. It's the best in the world. Um, in the middle of writing 350 reports. Mm. Um, so yeah, it, 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 it does depend, but the vast majority of the time I love it. Why do I love it? Um, I love, I suppose it's partly a power thing, uh, sorry, but I, I love the fact that I'm in a position where I can influence the sort of education and learning that the kids can get. Um, and you know, that's a tremendous privilege. It's a bit scary if I think about it as well. Um, but it's that idea of actually being a private school, we can do what we like, curriculum-wise, we don't have to follow anything. So I've got a real freedom to be able to put together stuff that will really um, prepare kids for the real world, hopefully. Um, so yeah, it's, it's that. And then being able to try and free staff up so that they can do what they're passionate about, which is teaching kids and not, you know, marking work and planning sheets and all that rubbish. Um, so I always say I love my job, and I really do love my job. Um, but like, there's things that obviously I find really difficult about it. Um, I think there's a lot of pressure to deliver a certain expectation. So when I don't deliver that and I fail an audit or I don't get it quite right, then that's really hard. But the reason that I don't always match up to what expectations are is because I know that where I put my time into and where I put my time to is I put it into people so um you know my my partners are my priority at work and they're my people that uh, I want to look after and I spend a lot of time counseling and and trying to like help a lot of young people that work for me that are students and um, who don't who are not living at home um, you know, so they're, they're living away with, with just friends and sometimes they just need somebody a bit older and wiser to, <laughs> to, 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 to offload to. And I spend a lot of time speaking to them about, about how they are and, and how they're getting on and what I can do to support them without trying to take too much of that on board. So I know why I don't always deliver what is the expectation and it's because I know where my time goes, but I really enjoy that part of it, putting that putting that time into people. Um, so my favorite thing about my job that I love is just being around young people and being part of what their, their journey, yeah. Okay, so I think at the moment there's two parts of my life that I consider 
what I put my effort into. One is the jobs for the charities are really rewarding, working with people for me, I love that. Um, it's very life-giving to me personally. The other bit is my children, like I said, are special needs. So that is probably the most challenging part of my life. It can get very, very trying, exhausting, uh, stressful, and all that kind of thing. So, yeah. Uh, what was the question again? Do I, what do I enjoy doing? Yeah, or so what would you enjoy about your, your kind of, how you spend your time um, now, what would you enjoy about it's it? It's really tricky because I came to York for different reasons. I came to do study and um, to study nursing. Um, yeah. But two years ago in the summer, I basically ended up having um, a breakdown. So I had to leave the course and my life changed dramatically. So I'm doing things that I enjoy doing, but internally I'm probably not as happy because I feel guilty that I don't have a job. Yeah. I'm not earning. But I, yeah, I do enjoy things from time to time. So it's a tricky question to yeah, yeah. Yeah, think cool. about at times. But yeah. So our, our next question for uh, for the panel is: um, We talk, so we met up as a panel on Monday, so we went through some of these questions and talked about it a bit. And um, one of the things that came up that was a really interesting discussion was about the whole concept of like a work-life balance. So, what does work-life balance mean, and what does it look like uh, for you? I mean, I'm quite passionate about the fact that referring to it as a work-life balance is really unhelpful because it implies that work isn't part of your life and is somehow different and because life is the good bit that therefore by default means work must be not as good uh, and it's about two separate things being in balance and I think that's just unhelpful I think if you start talking about work-life balance you're already on the back foot so for me it's more like the title it's work and rest um, and that's a more helpful way of looking at it um, so for me, it's a boarding school uh, that I work in. So we have Saturday school. We've got kids that are there um, seven days a week. Um, I live on site, so it's great. It's a, it takes me 30 seconds to get to the office. Um, but of course, it does mean that I'm on call, I'm there, um, and I don't have that sort of physical, you know, 20-minute drive to sort of transition between work and, and home. Um, I'm not complaining about that. It's, it's like being a, being a vicar and living in the vicarage. You know, I, I have a great house that I could never afford in the real world. Um, and uh, I've never known anything else because I've always worked in, in schools that are like that for you know, the last 25 years. So, uh, and my parents, as I say, they, they ran an outdoor center. Um, and so during the week, there was primary school groups that were there for you know, ecology trips or whatever. And at the weekend, it would be church groups. So, you know, there was no Monday to Friday and then weekends off. Dad would have a day off during the week. It, it, he might or might not take it. But weekends you know, were his busiest time. So growing up, I didn't, I didn't know the sort of the rhythms of a, a Monday to Friday week. And then, you know, surprise, surprise, I'm sort of living that out again in a slightly different way. Um, so for me, um, work and rest, um, I'm pretty good. If I have to, I can just switch off. Um, and I can, I can quite quickly, if I'm with the kids, I can just sort of switch off from that. My phone is the, is the nightmare bit. You know, that can, uh, that can be great, but it can also means that work follows you everywhere. Um, so that's the bit that I have to be quite self-disciplined with. Um, and actually, some of the others have got much better ways of, of being disciplined with that than I am. Um, so, yeah, 
I'm a teacher, you know, we get, we're on holiday as much as we work, you know, as, as, you, all, as you all say. Uh, uh, so, but the reality is there will be certain times when, you know, I'm very much, you know, I'm on holiday this week, so all the work stuff gets turned off and, you know, there'll only be two or three people that know how to get hold of me in an emergency. There'll be other times in the holidays when I'm going to visit mum and dad um, and, you know, I'll quite happily check my emails when I'm there, I'll be replying to them and I'm fine with that because I know that actually during that time it's, it's a hybrid, it's a bit of both. But, um, but there are definitely, you know, certain weeks where, you know, it definitely is, I'm in holiday mode, I'm not thinking about work at all and I'm not going to get distracted by it. Um, so I'm really lucky that because I work in a store that is a train station, so it's really busy Monday to Friday with everybody commuting to work and back, Saturday and Sunday is my quiet time. So that means that I get to take a lot of weekends off, so that's good. Um, so I work really, really hard like all week so that I can do that. Um, but during the week, that sometimes means that I don't see my children because I definitely won't see them tomorrow because I work six a.m. till 6 p.m. By the time I get home, they're in bed. Um, and then it rolls into Tuesday because I go to work early. So sometimes I don't see them till bedtime on Tuesday. So I miss out on like two full days of them, really, which is quite hard. However, working hard in the week means that I get to rest at weekends. And, um, and, and, and I'm very much in the mode of when I'm at work, like thinking about setting my team up so that I know that I can do that at the weekend. So like making sure that my rotors are really tight. I've got a bit of extra staff on. So if there's anything that happens, like they're okay. And just like in, where, when, I'm at, when I'm at work, just making sure that I've put things in place so that I can rest at weekends. Um, when it gets to the weekend, I do have, um, I do let my team ring me if there's anything that is really important. But I have two phones, and one of them is just an old phone. It's not something that the company have given me or anything. It's just an old phone, and um, it's only it only things will only come through on it when I'm connected to Wi-Fi. Um, so all my emails, all my work emails, and all my WhatsApps are on that phone. So if I don't, if I'm not in my house where it's connected or somewhere where I choose to connect it, um, I don't get anything from work. And I have to do that because otherwise I'll be in the park playing with my children and a message will come up saying, so-and-so's rang in sick, can somebody help? And it's not for me, but that makes me go, I need to fix that. So that makes me go, I need to get on the phone to work, find out if they're okay, find out what they need to do. So I've had to stop all that so that I can be in the moment with my children or with my friends. Um, so I do try and have a work rest time, but... It does, it, does slip in, it does slip in where, like I was talking before and I was saying, if somebody has an accident at work, I have to deal with it. Like, that's important to make sure that everybody's okay. And that does happen quite often because people are just, like, clumsy. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they'll, they'll, you know, break, roll a trolley, trolley over the foot or I had top of a fridge fall on someone's head last week, which is, like... <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and exactly like you, some of your faces are like, oh my gosh, so you would want your manager to be caring, wouldn't you, at that point? But um, yes, there are points where I do need to jump in and say, are you okay? But yeah. <laughs> Starbucks is pretty extreme, as it turns out. <laughs> Sorry, don't tell the press that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Um, my children are older than Liz's children, so my day with the children doesn't finish till 10 o'clock. Um, so 
uh, the times they're at school when I'm not working is my downtime. And, and I really have to uh, fight the urge to fill that time with lots of good stuff. I need to rest because my number one priority is them, my little family, um, and I need to be able to give them my best. Um, yeah. Um, mine's a little bit, uh, well, not obviously the same. So um, I try and study when I can, but my week can change from week to week, basically. Um, I do a lot of stuff at the allotment, which helps with my mental health and things like that. Um, but I've noticed recently that I, when I'm having like a low time, I really need to focus on myself and I have to just, I have to retreat to my bedroom, really. And most evenings I am in my bed, in my PJs. But for me, that's great. And I can just, yeah, focus on myself. And that's what I have to do to get, to, to feel good about myself and to realize that I need this rest. So quite a lot of my life at the moment is about rest and making sure that I say no to things and not looking at my phone all the time and answering emails, but then I feel guilty because I haven't. And But I'm like, I'm coming to the conclusion that I, I need to do that. Otherwise, I know I will just fall into that black hole and I don't want to go there. But it happens occasionally. So, But that's my life at the moment. That's cool. Thank you. Um, how would you guys say your, we kind of mentioned this a little bit, your sort of the upbringing, your family life growing up and like the culture you've grown up in, how's that kind of influenced some of your views around rest and work and all that sort of stuff? Yes, I guess, <clears throat> I don't know, my parents were typically Scottish, they would just get on and do it. You know, so um, that's, and Les and my wife, is, uh, she's, a very, she's a similar sort of upbringing. So we very much are, you know, yeah, life is tough sometimes, that's just life, you just get on with it, you don't post about it on Facebook and say, woe is me, you don't, you know, if, if, if we're, I don't know, if somebody was ill and, you know, we, we'll just cook five lasagnas, freeze four of them and eat, eat one every night and not sort of think, well, we need the church to do a, a, a food rota for us or things like that. So um, uh, that's a negative in some ways because we should probably be more open to people helping because you know, your church family want to help. And actually, you know, the, we, we probably are too far at one extreme, if I'm honest, um, in that, you know, we are quite private and, you know, one or two families might know what we're going through, but other people won't because we'll put on that, you know, typically British face and just get on with it. Um, but equally, you know, I think the, you know, there's the other extreme where, you know, that, 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 that some people are at as well. So, so for me, my upbringing is very much, yeah, you just get on with it. It, it. You'll come out the other side. You know, it, it, it will all work out, but it might be really difficult for, and who knows how long. Um, so, yeah, and I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not a massively empathetic person. <laughs> na na naturally, it's the, it's the bit I work really hard on as a leader, um, is because m my whole approach is, yeah, we'll just get on with it, you know. <laughs> okay, yeah, and that's not what, you know, your staff need to hear at all. Um, so, um, so yeah, so, I, so I, I do know that that's my sort of blind spot that, uh, you know, at work uh, particularly, I, you know, have to make a much more of an effort than some people to be able to listen to other people who need to offload. Um, so I'm not saying my way is the best way, it's just the way I'm wired and the way I do. And as I say, I think 
you know, I'm probably slightly too far at one end of the spectrum. <laughs> so, um, my my dad has been a bus driver since he was 16, and he's just about to turn 70 in January. And uh, he always worked six days a week, Monday to Saturday, and he only ha ever had Sunday off. And we always went on a holiday, at least probably two holidays a year. But he worked really, really hard um, for us to have whatever we needed to have. And my mum is also a, more, a nurse who has worked since I was little as well. And I, apart from a maternity leave, have worked since I was 16 and always had a job. And, um, and obviously, like, it is difficult having young children, but, like, I choose to work full-time, and so does my husband, because we, we want to work really, really hard so that we can also rest, I suppose, uh, the way that we want to rest. Um, and I also think that that's really... I watch uh, what I've looked at with my dad and how he's done that. Don't get me wrong, my mum has also worked hard, but I think I've also I've always watched my dad and always thought I've all, I remember my dad always like taking time with me, but I don't know how he found that time because he worked so hard and you know he would literally be out of the door at six a.m. and be back at six p.m. and then like I said, just have that one day off a week. So I think what that's instilled into me is that you're going to have to work hard, like always. And he's still doing it now, and he's not retired, even though he could have retired, like, five years ago. He's just hanging on because he doesn't know how to do anything else but work, bless him. And, um, and I really wish he would retire, but also I want him to do what, what he finds is helpful for him. So, and I want that to be instilled in my children, that my children know that my mummy and daddy work really hard, and what we have is... is um, is part of a result of that. Obviously, God gives us everything that we have, but um, I'm using the tools that I have to work hard. Um, so how my upbringing has formed me um, is it's had a different effect than for Liz. Um, my parents weren't there for me. And I was also adopted, so that left me in the very vulnerable category as a child. I don't know if anyone knows about psychology and all that kind of thing. Um, and my parents weren't there for me. So my, my thing about my life is I want to be there for them. So everything has to be with them in mind first, because I'm growing the future generation, if you like. The three people that I'm in charge of, I want them to be the best that they can be. And that means me putting into them, I think. Um, like Tara's experiencing at the moment, my majority of my life was battling with mental health issues. Um, and there was no way in a previous life or a previous version of me that you would ever think I could hold a marriage together or a family together or hold down a job. But um, my part of my story is that God has, over the years, healed me layer after layer after layer after layer to now that I've got a pretty functioning life. Um, <clears throat> I had a really difficult childhood, so I don't remember much about my parents working, but my um, dad had various jobs. Uh, my mum worked when she could. Um, and yeah, like you really, my 
I don't really feel like my parents were there for me, so I can't really comment on that. But I guess I would like to say very much that that won't be the case if Dave and I have children. I, I don't want our children to ever feel like they can't come to their parents and, and chat to them about stuff. So, yeah, it's totally different from everyone else's. Yeah, it's good. Thank you guys for your honesty on that. Uh, next question, kind of feeding on from that is, um, maybe for some of you guys that have been working for a while, living life for a while, uh, what does purpose look like for you? So why do you do what you do, and how have you come to making that decision? How have you come to choose being working at Starbucks, Carer Centre, Headmaster, whatever it is? I, well, I fell into teaching um, by accident. I, I planned to do something completely different. That didn't work out. And I thought, oh, what am I going to do? And I've sort of, back in those days, there wasn't, there wasn't an online list of university courses. It was a big, thick book, uh, and you had to flick through. And I saw this, uh, this course which was doing outdoor education based in Ambleside for four years in the Lake District. So I thought, that's great. It's just, that's made for me. So I signed up, turned up. Second week, they said, right, next week, you're going into primary schools, um, so you need to do this, this, and this. Any questions? And I went, ooh. Do I have to go into school because you know, I'm doing the outdoor ed course? And they went, "Yeah, you're doing outdoor education and primary teaching." I I I totally missed that whole bit. Um, so I honestly thought I'd signed up for four years climbing, sailing, windsurfing, um, and that was only half of it. The other half was becoming a primary school teacher. And um, so I I loved I loved being with the kids. I hated the marking, the planning. I just, oh, just hated it. And um, but loved being in class and trying to get the kids out of the classroom whenever I could. So I, I, I managed to sort of get through, and my tutors were quite uh, supportive of the fact that I didn't really play the game when it came to marking and planning, but I, I could play the game when it was being with the kids. Um, and then obviously once you become a real teacher, you can kind of do what you like anyway. So it's, <laughs> ho ho Holly, it's all good from now on in. <laughs> so that, that's how I got into it. Um, why do I love being ahead. Uh, part of it is a, is a power thing. Um, I love the fact that I, that I can influence and shape you know, young people's lives and the experience they have through school. I, I just went to local state school, local comprehensive. It was a pretty rough one. I, no I can't remember. I, I can only remember one of my teachers, and he's the one that used to take you into the cupboard, punch you in the stomach if you did something wrong, and send you back out again. And we thought he was our favorite teacher. We loved him. <laughs> uh, because you knew where you stood with him. Um, and Scotland, everyone. That's Scotland, yeah. But so, so I, I don't really, nobody ever inspired me, nobody ever, and it wasn't, it wasn't actually until I did an MBA that I, I, the penny suddenly dropped and I thought, oh, actually, you know, I maybe have got a bit of a brain after all. And actually, if I'm doing something that I want to do and I'm focused, um, I, you know, this, this is quite special. And that's, that's therefore what I want the kids to feel. I want them to discover what it is that, that, that makes them passionate and want to learn. Um, and then, as I say, it's about trying to free up teachers to be able to do what they're great at, which is teach and try and, as much as we can, get rid of the other stuff. It's really funny. Um, earlier in the, in, in the other service, um, Adam and Ro Ro Rosie asked people to act out their jobs um, that they wanted to do when they, they were younger. And um, who was it that came up and... Um, yeah, it was 
what Sarah, what Sarah's other hand, Paul, yeah, Paul, yeah, that's sorry, yeah, um, Paul came up and acted out his, his uh, job that he wanted to do when he was younger, and he started doing this, and uh, Josiah said, teacher, <laughs> and I was just like, oh, I don't know what Josiah's teacher does to him, but anyway, it, was, it, was, it wasn't teacher, it was a policeman, but yeah, Josiah thought he was a teacher, <laughs> but yeah, just funny, um, so the p- purpose, okay, back to the back to the thing so I um I did I did do a degree I did a dance degree and um I really enjoyed it and I did that because I danced since I was little and it got to the point where it was time to choose whether you wanted to go to university or whether you chose whether you were going to get a job and I was like I'm going to go to university because I don't want to get a job yet um so I did that and I enjoyed my time but I wouldn't say it was wasted because obviously there was life lessons in that, but I, I, I probably was never going to be a dancer because I was okay at it, but I wasn't really, really great at it. Um, but during that time, like I said to you before, I've always worked, and at that time I worked for McDonald's, and um, and I was just and I was already a leader. I was a shift supervisor, even though I was even though I was um, at university. So. They saw something in me where I was a leader and I and I could do that. And while I was working for them and they knew I was coming to the end of my degree, they said to me, "Do you would you be interested in a graduate scheme? And I was like, I'd not really thought about that because although, don't get me wrong, I did again love my job. I didn't really want to work for McDonald's for the rest of my life. Um, but, but actually... I decided, well, I'm going to go with it because I don't know what else I'm going to do. I was earning like a good amount of money for somebody that was my age, and um, and that got me some foundations where I could. I bought I bought my first I bought my first flat, and um, and I met my husband uh, from in McDonald's. Yeah. Can you, can you over can a can Big you, Mac? Yeah, tell that story. <laughs> tell that story. No, I won't tell that story. You can ask me about that story. Yeah, over the production bin. No, um, and and uh, and yeah. So and then I ended up working for Starbucks. I left McDonald's. I ended up working for Starbucks. My purpose, though, what do I love about my job? So I love about my job that um, you know what I said before is it's all about the people, and I love working with people. And and actually, what I've learned about myself from doing this job is that I think I'm a good encourager. So I like to encourage people and um, they, and especially young people that go through really um, hard times, which I was speaking to Claire about before, which is really, really worrying. And in this time now at the moment where all these young people are really struggling with life choices or how they manage to, how are they going to manage life in general? I feel like they all, they do a lot of the time come to me to speak to me about that because their mums and dads are not around. They're out of their home cities where maybe their best friends are and in that moment where they come into work and they just really don't want to do it today because they're finding it so hard they will outpour to you because they'll be like you know I'm really struggling with this and uh, I've got this financial worry I've got um you know I've just split up with my boyfriend I'm just really feeling really down um and I get to be the person that gets to be there for them and that's just a massive like um privilege to do that so that's my purpose my purpose is that um I get to be there for everybody but especially young people that 
in a lot of uh, in in this time they there are a lot of struggles. So yeah. Remind me what the question was, please. Yeah, so the question was uh, kind of why do you do what you do and what's why do I do what purpose I do? behind it? Um, and what was the last bit behind it? Purpose. What's the purpose? purpose. Big word. <laughs> um, okay, why do what I do? <sighs> okay, so um, I do what I do because of the experience I've had with my children. And that has been totally formative in my life. Prior to that, I worked in blue chip companies, in support roles, worked for big uh, corporates in London mainly, uh, suited and booted kind of lifestyle, um, play hard, party hard, all that kind of thing. Um, and then, <clears throat> um, and then um, there was a bit of a jump from that to kids. I ended up in a Christian ministry for about 10 years and working on team and things like that as well. Again, lots of things expected of you there. It wasn't until I had the children and all of that stopped and I was there with two children because I had twins. Suddenly, I have two children. And not long afterwards, it's very obvious that something's not quite right. And, um, and then life as I knew it and life as I thought it would be was not. Like someone said, you thought you were going to Italy and you end up in Holland. You've planned your Italian. You've got the lira or the euros. You've got, you know, you've got your maps for Rome and you've ended up in Holland. And so life just went down to ground zero. And um, I just found that God taught me another way in that, built my life up in a completely different way. And so I have, the, I have um, an empathy and an understanding for those on the margins of life, those struggling with life, those uh, in very complex situations that I wouldn't have had before. Um, why do I do what I do now? Uh, I do various things though. So, um, well, like I said, I came to York to do nursing. That didn't pan out. Um, and I've just found myself doing a lot of volunteering, a lot of um, sort of advocating for um, the environment, really, and the world, like making this world a better place to be in um, and like petitioning for things, you know, things that I am really passionate about but um yeah sorry I don't know where I was going with that no that's cool that's brilliant <laughs> my mind's just gone I like that you, you, that's quite an impressive answer advocate for the world I'm like it's better than <laughs> what I do it's, be it's better than what I do it's good but also, um, but also just looking after myself really yeah. and the people that I'm close to I feel like I have a lot more time for them now um I don't think if I was on the nursing course, I wouldn't have that time. But I'm so proud of people who do that. And I'm obviously incredibly proud of Dave, who is a nurse and has that time mm. to do all the things he loves. But I knew that if I was doing that, I wouldn't be here where I am today. I wouldn't be having an allotment, which is awesome, like growing our own food. I, I wouldn't be making um, craft things for friends who, you know, really appreciate it. I wouldn't be, like, going back to painting. And I wouldn't be doing, like, mosaics, um, stuff I haven't done for years that make me genuinely happy, um, which is just incredible. I didn't know that was going to be my journey. So that's amazing. That's what Thank I you. do. That's good. Uh, final question for you guys as a panel, and we'll start from Tara and go this way. So one-word answer, and then we'll ask a bit more afterwards. 
Uh, do you see your everyday life, your work, whatever, as an act of worship to God? One word, and then we'll get more after. One word. Yes or no? Yes or no? Sometimes. You can say sometimes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the opt out, that one. No. No? Good. Yes. Yes. No. Why? Uh, I don't know why. Um, I mean, I, I. it's not that I'd make a conscious decision to leave God at the back door when I go to work. Um, and it's not that I don't involve God in my work. You know, so if I've got, you know, I'll, I'm often, you know, crying out to God for wisdom or help with things. Um, and I'm pretty good at being thankful to him, you know, when something's gone when something's gone well, um, but I'm I'm not one of the people. You know, I've got we've got friends. There's people in this room. You know, who seem to have a very close and real walk with God, where they're talking with God all the time, um, and that's not me. Um, so I've got other people. You know, you know, I'll talk to, and yeah, you know, oh yeah, this and that, and I was just praising God. I was walking down the corridor, and I saw this, and I was just giving thanks to God about that. And I, yeah, that's, I don't have that experience. Um, and I don't think it's because I'm a bad person. Um, I don't think it's because my faith isn't real. I think it's just the way it is. Um, so I don't see my work as an, an act of worship in, in that sort of way. Um, but the reason I am where I am is because God has given me a skill set to do what I do well. Um, and so therefore, I guess it is all an act of worship. Um, in a big picture sense. So I don't see it as an act of worship on a day-to-day -day thing. But if I step back and look at it and think, you know, God has put me here for a reason. You know, this is my the end of my 13th year. We were only going to be here for four or five years and then we were going to go back down south. And God's made it clear that he's not finished with us in York yet. So we're here, we're loving it, and that's God's plan. And so therefore, my work is an act of worship and thanks or what he's given me and what he equips me with, even if I don't feel that or feel that I'm walking that yeah. day to day. That's good. Um, so the reason that I say yes, and it, we were challenged on this at the start of the week. We all met to talk about what we were going to talk about. And, um, and I said no on Monday um, because Claire's journey is very, very different and um, does... And, and Claire, I'm sure won't mind me saying, um, was really encouraging when she was talking about how like, she does walk with God, um, tries to walk with God, or, or does walk with God all the time, and has is just in the presence all the time. And I was like, well, I'm not. Like, I, like what? <laughs> and and I did I did feel a little bit like, mm, like oh maybe I'm not maybe I'm not holy enough or maybe I'm not worshipping enough or you know but actually when I went back and, and thought about what I do and what I do every day I'm mindful of making sure that all of my decisions are, are from my values and Jesus is my values so um, I do think that yeah I worship in my work um, I gave an example before of like saying what I've, what I've, what I've talked to you all about where I've said there's a lot of young people facing many, many battles. And there's a song that, um, I'm not going to sing it, I sang it before, but I'm not going to sing it. Yeah, no, I'm not going to sing it. Um, 
No, okay. <laughs> and and it's and it's called um it's called um surrounded and it says this is how I fight my battles and um and I sent it out to all of my team because I was like you all you you all tell me about your battles and I want you to listen to this if you and just 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 sit with it and and so many replies of just like this is so lovely this is so nice and it might not mean anything to them but to one person it might have done so I feel like you know in my work visually non-visually I am always trying to walk with God and 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 bring him to my work yeah okay so funnily enough when I worked in a Christian ministry I didn't walk with God and I now with family and in a secular work and I do walk with God so it's not about what you do it's about a state of heart isn't it and about where your heart is pointed to um and just it's nothing to do with me but you know when for me life hit the fan and God came through and has been teaching me how real he is I suppose in the last sort of decade or so so um yeah um I, I suppose it's his grace. It's his grace. It's not because I'm holy. I really am not <laughs> in myself. I really am, yeah, ready, Brett Glow and all that. No, that's not me at all. I'm, you know, really on my own. I'm not really up to much at all. But, you know, you get to the point where you can't live without his presence. You cannot live without that sense of his presence inside you. Um, um, the reason I said no is because I've had a difficult journey with God and faith, so I guess I'm still wondering how he can be in my life, and that is the honest answer, really. Um, I struggle quite a lot with faith. Even coming here can be a struggle. So, yeah, I had to say no to that. Cool. That's good. Thank you. Um, can we just thank these guys for their honesty? And, um, it's been...